0: topical conversations and interviews with special guests please welcome our hosts pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera
1: all right shalom everybody and welcome to Christians with Torah oh, the boy. Beit Tahila community podcast um, i tell you what there's something different about today there is there is something different and it's, it's almost like, face like to face. it's like we can see you we know you're there we've always known that you're there but right. this time like you're really there you're really or there. maybe we're really here we're here and they're there. <laughs> something like that. So uh, we are entering into Bait Tehila's 21st Torah cycle. That's right. It started back
2: in 1999 in the fall. Wow. And actually in the, in the, in the uh, living room.
1: So we've done 20 years. Bait Tehila, should I, I rather, has done 20 years of Torah cycles. 20 years. You know, I'll tell you what. If Doing something for 20 years, you would think that you might might know something. You might might get You know more. You, know? you definitely know more than you did in the first cycle. Because
2: it's like, it's like cyclical, but it's like a spiral. Like a spiral staircase. But we're actually ascending, making uh, Aliyah like your daughter, Aliyah. We're uh-huh. going up. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're going up.
1: Yeah. And so for the podcast, this is now the beginning of our fourth season. So this is Season four, episode one of Christians with Torah. And I'll tell you what, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us. You guys have done so much in supporting us that uh, we've grown uh, in listens every year. So uh, our season one listens was about 7,000 listens. That's right. Our season two was about 12,000 listens. That's correct. And let me tell you, when we hit 12,000 listens, that's 1,000 a month, right? So we were thinking, I mean, that's big time. Yeah. So then this year doing 21,000 listens. 21,000 listens. And we hit that what last night, right? Yeah, like, last night. Last night we crossed Perfect. that special. It is. It's good timing. It's good timing. And so we're just so grateful, we're so thankful, and we wanted to start doing video. We've, we've said we were going to do video, and so if you've noticed something different, you may be listening to this, but guess what? I want you to go uh, to Christians with Torah on Facebook, search it, or on YouTube. The video of the podcast is going to be there now. Uh, we're going to try to do that every week. Look, I don't know how successful we're going to be with this, right? This is something we do every week, and, and by God's grace, we're able to get here yes. every week for three years. At the table. I, he's got... You're the tech guy. Seven kids with an eighth on the way. Yes. I've got four kids. We, you're a pastor, which means yes. you have 150, 200 yeah. other kids of your I, own. I, I like sheep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got you know, four kids in a business. That's right. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. But praise God, we love God's Word. We love oh, His Torah. Oh, this is an honor. And so the whole idea behind Christians with Torah and this podcast and the reason we come here week in and week out is because we're very passionate about being Christians right having the testimony of Yeshua the testimony of Jesus Christ that he is the Son of God he is God that um, that he uh, died was buried and was resurrected uh, and sits at the right hand of the father and that he will return right that we have this blessed hope so we have the fundamental Christian doctrines but yet we've got a new revelation that the same way God took away the Torah and the feast days and the Sabbath from the northern kingdom of Israel, he is now restoring it to the right. mixed multitude the all ancient path. around the world. And exactly the ancient path. The ancient right. path has always been there. It has always we just been there. It. But we exactly yes. right. So, and you know, it's fitting because Columbus Day was yesterday, right? America was always there. <laughs> he just That's discovered a good point. it <laughs> uh, for himself, right? I mean, not necessarily for anybody else. And there's I think a lot they're of
2: celebrating. What, 400 years since the Mayflower or something? Uh Yeah, it was 1490, 400, 400 1492.
1: Years. Is it are what, 600 years, 500 years? I don't know. Something about pilgrims. Mm. I'm sorry, you're saying the pilgrims. 1492 was Columbus. Right. 16-something was... But I think the Mayflower was yeah, 400 years ago. Like 1620, maybe. Something like that. So... Anyways, the bottom line is that we're here because the Torah is relevant for today, that we can find Jesus, we can find Yeshua, the Messiah, in the Torah. And so what we do is we've all heard from mainstream Christianity and mainstream doctrine that the Torah is bondage, that these laws are done away with, that God you know, nailed them to the cross and, and all of these things. And yet we don't spend the time to just read it and realize that this was written literally with the finger of God, that God spoke these things and these things were dictated to Moses and that he wrote them down, that these are loving instructions from a father to his children. That's right. So that's why we're here. We love the Torah. We're excited for season four. We're excited for video. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, if you guys would help us out, we need to grow the Facebook presence. We need to grow the YouTube presence. Uh, so if you're listening to this on, you know, Apple podcast or SoundCloud or whatever podcast place you do, make sure that you guys are still liking and reviewing and sharing and doing whatever you do on the podcast. But if you guys would do me the favor, go to Facebook, find Christians with Torah. Uh, it's just a little says Christians with Torah and has a little Torah scroll behind it. We're still working on all the media assets and things like that to get it, but uh, if you guys could help us out there and then share the video, share the video of this podcast out there. Um, and if you're doing it on YouTube, subscribe, hit the little bell so that you get the alerts whenever new videos come up and stuff like that. It would also help us out a Let's lot. do it. So, man, we are starting a new Torah cycle. This is exciting. It all begins in the beginning with Bereshit, That's which right. is the, uh, the Torah portion we're studying today it is in the beginning it is found in the book of genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and ending in chapter 6 and verse 8
2: that's right so let's go ahead and jump right in here uh we have of course god spoke his creation into existence genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 uh, in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and god said let there be light, and there was light. Wow, that's powerful, you know. So much goes into this, you know. First of all, and, for, and, and foremost, is God is the creator. From God, all things come. That's right. You know, and, and our kids would say, well, who made God? Well, oh. from God, all things come. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, that's just the way it is. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and so we, we have baseball in the Bible in the yeah, beginning. In
1: the big inning. You know,
2: and right now the rays are up... Uh, Two to nothing over the Astros. Listen, Tampa's rocking it this they're, year. They're working towards this World Series thing, so we're happy for our, our community. Yeah. Uh, it says, in the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. I uh, just wanna remind everyone that you know we're, we're not doing the uh, Christians with Torah podcast to cause controversy. No. But to really promote the Torah, I think Paul even wrote one of his letters, don't debate the Torah, don't argue over it, yeah. discuss it. So I know there's a lot of different theories out there about old earth and new earth and all these other, cool things you know Uh, but we want to take the scriptures literally first of all uh, in regards to the seven days and a day is 24 hours we want to take that literally also we want to just encourage all of you that as we begin to study this and know that we use the King James version of the Bible uh, you know that's the translation that we're using we're not against other translations but we're all trying to be on the same page so once again you know we're gonna jump right in here so we have of course six days of creation in Genesis uh, chapter 1 verses 1 through 31 we have of course six days of creation Uh, Ryan you want to share those six days
1: I do I do I've got some also some cool thoughts here so the first day was light. Light was created on the first day. He said, let there be light. And there was light. The second day, the sky and the water. The third day was the land and seas. The fourth day was the sun, moon, and stars. The fifth day was the fish and the birds. And the sixth day was the animals and man. Now, creation, I think, blows everybody's mind. I think I think we look around and we just realize at some points, if you've ever been to like a national park or the Grand Canyon, you see certain things. Oh, yeah. The mountains of Israel.
2: And God created all of that for our pleasure. And
1: so we see it all with our, our eyes enjoyment. and just to imagine that God spoke and then poof, it's there. Right. It, 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 I think it's a lot to take in. But here's what's cool. So in the very beginning, and this was uh, something from Mike uh, Cromwell who was saying this. Uh, was it last night or was it? Uh, no, this is on Shabbat, on Saturday. So the first seven words of the Torah are Bereshit bara Elohim et hashemayim veet ha'aretz. Right, seven words. And so he compared this to the seven millennium. And so if you have you know, we're in year 5781 right. is what, you know, the on the Hebrew calendar, the Jewish calendar. And if we look at it, so Bereshit Barah Elohim, so in the beginning created God, right? Et. And so this et doesn't really do anything. Right. The Olive top Right, from a grammatical standpoint. Right. It's an olive top Same as the Alpha and Omega. And so what does Jesus say in Revelation? He says, I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. So, but this is at the fourth, this is the fourth word. In this series of seven and so when did when did Yeshua come? In the 4,000 year mark. He came in the fourth millennium that's right. The fourth day. So then it's Hashemayim meaning heavens, v'et and but the et again here for for no reason. We don't have an et. So this is at the end of the sixth word right here with the et that Aleph Tav again. Interesting. And so we're our blessed hope right is that he's coming soon and wouldn't it be cool if he came at this and of course, we're closer to the 6,000 year mark. Uh,
2: supposedly, uh, there's 250 years of discrepancy there, yeah,
1: 250
2: plus 5781. Yeah, we've heard, I've heard well, 160. He like says I've you don't know the day or the hour in different things, but we know the seasons, we really don't we definitely know, yeah. know some cool things are happening.
1: So, then the other thought is, we look at creation and God in the beginning, those words, he creates something, he creates the time space continuum. So, we live. And understand the universe within this time-space continuum. Think of it like a box, right? We're inside of this. God's outside of this time-space continuum, this box. And so outside of this box is God. He creates in the beginning, right? And then he says, and let there be light, right? Well, there was no sun, moon, and stars yet at this point. right? So let there be light. Yeshua says, I am the light of the world, right? So it's when people try to understand how do then we associate this with John 1, where in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, right? Check this out. Yeshua is this light that God is putting into this he space-time the continuum, right? So he's taking himself and putting himself into space-time. So God, who is outside of space-time, is putting himself inside of space-time in order that he can cre- create the rest of the things right. that belong inside of space time Because God
2: is outside of nature.
1: Because here's what it says here, here real quick. In uh, John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So if you, from a scientific perspective, can understand how the Word was with God and was God at the same time, Right. then you figured this whole thing out. So the
2: Torah actually took on flesh.
1: And we are just going right. to bow down, right? the tabernacle with Verse us. 3 says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So he puts himself inside this space-time, right? And then guess what? Now it says that through him everything else was created. And you jump to verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So... We take these things and we just put them together and we go back to the beginning and we can see. Look, he's in the first verse. That's true. He's in all of these things. He is the light that gets put into this space-time. Yeshua was
2: the one at Mount Sinai and they made covenant, marriage covenant. Praise God. So these are cool things, you know. They're very cool. So we have, of course, the first day was light, second day sky and water, third day land and seas, fourth day sun, moon, and stars, the fifth day fish and birds, and then, of course, the sixth day he saved the best for last, animals and man. Oh, yeah. So I always tell my kids, you know, plants and animals were made before we were. Mm. So you should respect nature. Yeah. Respect, you know, botanical gardens and, and you know, understand photosynthesis. You know? <laughs> All these big yeah. words. But anyway, uh, so that's, yeah. that's the six days of creation. Of course, days are determined from evening to evening. Once again, we're going to highlight some really cool things out of the... Uh, book of Genesis in the beginning bear a sheet here Uh, days are determined from evening to morning and as Ryan was sharing on the fourth day God created the Sun moon and stars Uh, in Genesis chapter 1 verses 14 through 18 we're gonna see a pattern this is a good pattern to follow and this is what we're going to gain from from this particular uh, day the fourth day it's it's three things well God said he made he set and he saw so God said he made he set and he saw. And so uh, within this understanding, we can find some examples of this for us personally. Right. Uh, if you take anything from this podcast, please take this. Uh, what are you saying? What are you making? What are you setting up? And what are you seeing? Boy, we're seeing a lot of dysfunction, aren't we? Boy, are we. And what did Yeshua say? You know them by the fruit. So here are some examples of God said, made, set, and saw with the founding of Beit Tehillah. Uh, a couple with two daughters was reading the Bible, discovered some incredible truths. And they said, man, why are we doing these things? You know, the, the Sabbath and the dietary laws, the feast days, the, the all these things. Why are we doing these things, you know, and worshiping God on the Sabbath and taking that day off? And they said it. And so what happened is they started doing it as a family. They met in the living room. They made the living room a place of uh, of, of church worship. And then, of course, they set it up. And then, of course, you can see it. And, of course, they had friends and some family that joined them. But once again, they, they said it, they made it, they set it up, and they could see it. Uh, that's the founding of Beit Tehillah. Now, as we look at the Restoration of the Tabernacle of David conference from 2001 to 2010, the same thing can be said of this principle. They said it, they made it, they set it up, they could see it. Hey, we need to do some kind of a conference in the summer in between the spring feasts and the fall feasts, to teach people that, hey, Yeshua fulfilled the spring feast, he'll fulfill the fall feast, take him through the summer months, get him to the fall feast, and teach them the, the covenants, teach them the feast, teach them identity.
1: And that and, way they don't go and make a golden calf. That's true.
2: <laughs> so that's what happened. And then the same can be said as an example of building a strong community and raising up the next generation. I've said it, we're making it, we're setting it up, and we're actually yes. seeing it. Yes. You know, as my son Josiah is now the, the new worship leader, and he's also, uh, you know, um, in charge of drama and all of that uh, of course that comes with the territory but the thing is you know we're seeing this and it's being set up and then last but not least we have uh, the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of israel we've been speaking it it's being made it's being set up we're seeing it you know Amen. Uh, even even with Beit to heal at israel to have a place in israel we're speaking it we're going to make it we're going to set it up and we're all going to see it right and hopefully experience it So I have this quote, uh, do not speak things unless you want to see the desired results.
1: Amen to that. Don't
2: speak things unless you want to see the desired results.
1: Life and death are in the power of the tongue.
2: Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we want to be careful with that.
1: As we move into... uh, Before we get there, before we get there. So you mentioned... Uh, a couple of things. Verse 14 of Genesis, I'm going to read it. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide day from night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And so I just want to break down those four words. Signs, seasons, days, and years. Just very, very quickly because God created the sun, moon, and stars. That's right. Greater light, lesser light. The sun is greater.
2: The moon is lesser.
1: Absolutely. But think about it. If, if he created the celestial bodies for this specific purpose, maybe we should pay attention to it. And so if you ever needed a good reason to keep the Sabbath and the feast days, I'm going to tell you right now, God created the sun, moon, and stars right. for the Sabbath and the feast days. It's like a clock. Right. So the first one is for signs. This word in Hebrew is the same word that means signals. Think of the bat signal, right? You put it up in the sky, stuff happens. Or a stop happens. sign. Or a stop sign, right.
2: Very important
1: yeah i would say so think about it though the feasts of the lord right uh there's certain times of the year in certain in certain millennia and things where there have been signs in the heavens specifically on these dates right like the sign of revelation 12 i think you mentioned that that same sign that's in the heavens from revelation 12 is also something that happened in 3 bc on the feast of trumpets coincidence well it just so happens to be that's when we believe that yeshua was born And that's maybe the light and the sign in the heaven that the Magi were following in order to find him. So the signals are important. Um, Pastor Mark built recently with the blood moons and all of these things, signs in the heavens. So when God is putting signs in the heavens, we should pay attention. The second thing is for seasons. Now, this word seasons here is not the word in Hebrew that is used for the yearly seasons, fall, you know, winter, spring, and summer. It's not that word. This word is actually moedim, which is the word for feasts. So like the feasts of the Lord or the Leviticus 23 festivals, same word. So think about it. God created the sun, moon, and stars to let you know when he wants you to worship in a way, because you're walking way. with God. Because you you're walking the with God, right? And so then again, days and years, He creates the sun, moon, and stars to give us a calendar, so that if we didn't have, right. You know, a smart watch, that we would be able to know when these things are on the calendar. And that's
2: where He gave us the lunar calendar.
1: Right. Right. And here's here's even what's even cooler, right? Sometimes things come into my path and people bring some ideas to me. And so we talk about the day being from evening to evening. Right. And we get that from reading in Genesis, right? Even verse 5, it says, and evening and the morning were the first day. Right. Right. And so I've seen people take this and read it in a different way and come up with different theories. Now, there's two things we know. The first thing we know is that Yeshua kept the days in the evening just like we do today on the Hebrew calendar, right? So that the disciples did it that way. We know Josephus, we know from historical documents that during Yeshua's day, that's how they were doing it. So we, we are not going to reinvent it no, we today. No, don't, we don't need to. The second thing is, I found this while I was studying about Yom Kippur, because as you guys know we just came through the fall feast cycle. Yom Kippur, verse 32, it says, "...it shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and you shall afflict your souls." So this is talking about the fast. Right. In the ninth day of the month, because we know Yom Kippur is on the tenth day, right? At even. So we start before the sun goes down right. on the ninth day, and then we fast the whole tenth day. And it says, from even unto even shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. So this is from evening to evening. Right. So it's just more proof, you know, that it is what it is. And you know, there's a lot to cover. All, we can go, so, oh, I got this all day, baby.
2: Oh, listen, it, it's incredible, but we, we need to move on. Because we like do. I said, we're, we're highlighting this incredible Torah portion of Genesis yeah. uh, bare sheet. And once again, we're, we're, we're not scholars here. We're students yeah. and we're promoters. We're campaigning for the Torah. Oh, man. We're campaigning for God to, yeah. hey, read it for yourself. Check it out. Give us some feedback. So man was made in the image of God in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he, him, male and female created he them so god doesn't make junk so we're we're, you know to make man in our image think about the plurality of this you know uh i'm not going to debate and get into this whole trinity thing but we do believe in the godhead the father the son and the holy spirit are one we do believe in the godhead and here we have an interesting verse that i look at and god said let us make man in our image let let."
1: us make man in our they're they're saying
2: that maybe it was him and the angels but I would, I, would, I would like to say that, that there is probably a reference there of the Godhead. And there's another reference as well. But it goes on to say in verse uh, 28 of Genesis 1, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So really the first commandment was to be fruitful and multiply. Go be fruitful and multiply
1: multiply praise god and this word replenish is one of the reasons why he, when you have that old earth new earth debate this is one of those things that they say oh well, what was there before thank you ryan for bringing that out i wasn't even going to go there but i really <laughs> appreciate it <laughs> you're welcome uh,
2: i would like to say out of the gate though uh, for me personally you know i'm, I'm debating and arguing and everything but you know i just i, I kind of have a hard time that the earth is only six thousand years old because of all the uh I say the geographical areas and, and different layers and canyons and, you know, they they said meteors had hit the earth and big craters and, and the ocean and the continents were all together at one time and they broke apart and tectonic plates and all that. So my thing is, you know, that's that's my only thing. Yeah. But it's like I, I can't really get my arms around that part of it if I had to be honest. Sure. But I, I still believe to take the Bible literally and everything. And as far as the gap theory goes, you know, uh, just something to think about. But it's really not going to. It's not heaven or hell.
1: You know, we said um, it before the podcast started. Um, the important part is that God created.
2: Right. Right. From him, all things come.
1: Right. So it's it's not so much how long did it take him or all these things. Um, right. I think that there's good scholarship on both sides of this debate. Right. And honestly none of us were there right so for us science is observable and repeatable we can't observe or repeat the creation of the universe that's true and so it's a mystery
2: so so the thing is we really want to promote that there is a creator a loving god and uh and he's outside of nature you know yeah. He's, out, he's outside of time. I mean, so what do you do with that? You,
1: I, you know? know, and it's funny, too, although I'll say, you know, with all the homeschool curriculum and stuff that my kids watch, you know, and uh, we have Pure Flix, and there's uh, Answers in Genesis, which is Ken Ham's ministry. I mean, there's some pretty convincing stuff where they show you, hey, look, from a scientific perspective, we we say the earth is only 6,000 years old. right? And then the idea of uh, time dilation. Right. I mean, there's uh, so much out there. There's
2: a lot of cool stuff. So the first commandment given to Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and multiply. Amen. And... Uh, and that's that's uh, that's that's really good. You that's, took that seriously. That's didn't you? a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> sure is. I'm just saying, you know. Uh, and then, of course, we go into Genesis 129 in regards to food, and God said, "Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat." So here we have a vegan diet, a vegetarian diet, no meat. So the herbs are a plant-based diet. remember you know when you eat a lot of fruit fruit cleanses you mm-hmm. vegetables build you up yeah too. you got to be careful with the fruits <laughs> yeah yeah you might you might be uh in the bathroom more than you desire, but just something to think about you know a plant-based diet you know would, uh, they had a show and they would take somebody's food that they ate for a week and put it on a table Ooh. and it was like before they even started any kind of plant-based diet or losing weight or taking care of their health and the thing I noticed was there wasn't any really color everything's like brown yeah. and black and tan but when you have a plant-based diet there's a lot of color there's greens and reds and yeah so that's the first thing that stood out to me when, when I saw the table uh, and I think the show was called you are what you eat out of England or something you are what you eat or something I would be
1: a chick-fil-a sandwich but yeah <laughs> and
2: so they put everything they they would eat or they ate on a table yeah and it was it was scary yeah no doubt have you ever thought about that? I have. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's, that's a, that's. A, oh my goodness. I have, I try not to think about it sometimes. Well,
2: you know, I, I had diverticulitis and I had, you know, 12 inches of my intestines taken out because I wasn't getting enough fiber and water. Ooh. And I learned my lesson. And I yeah. was, what, 40 years old. But I, I came out, I recovered that back in 2011. So anyway, we move on. And once again, we're highlighting and we have the Sabbath here in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made... And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Hallelujah. You know, I, uh, I tell all my pastor friends, you know, we, we have church on Saturday. We, we have all the families come together on Friday night and single people or whatever. And we bring in the, the Sabbath on Friday night and then they take that anointing. They've already prepared themselves, and corporately then we come together on Saturday, and that's really what we do. And so it's pretty much well accepted. But once again, the sign of the Mosaic Covenant is the Sabbath, the Shabbat. Shabbat's a big deal. You know, it's made for us. Right. Just to shut everything down, chill out. You know, what my family does, we like to have a meal, we bless each other, blow the shofar, and then we'll have our meal. And then we'll go in the living room and read the Torah portion and kind of talk about it. It doesn't take a long time. But it just instills a habit like like a tradition. We're yeah. gonna remember that. Absolutely. And get some feedback. So so that's well, one of the things.
1: And by the time we get to the Sabbath table on Friday nights, man, I'm so thankful to be there because I don't know what everybody else's week is like, but like, man, I got all kinds of stuff going on. So by the time I get there, I'm like, yes, I'm ready to just, you know, zipper it up and be done for a minute and just, you know, press into God, whatever He has going on whatever he wants, you know, that kind of thing.
2: You know, and that's the whole thing, you know, people always try to ask me, you know, well, what do you do? How do you do it? I Make it your own. But it is it's a day that is sanctified and set apart, so it should be different. So we get off our phones and our devices right. and TV and all that, and that's what we do. And, well it's just and like some so, people
1: use the fine china, some people use the paper right. plates, right? Some people they'll even watch like a family movie or and something. They, and right? everybody has their own reasons they, they why do. they do it.
2: And I think it's great I to do. see all the different versions. Well,
1: and that's it. It's diversity, so, right? That's pretty cool. You know, it's funny too because um, you know, I came I was I was I was pulled into Torah kicking and screaming. And of course. And because I came from, you know, your non-denominational big church, um, you know, I was reading the Bible. My wife and I, you know, led some life groups. You know, we, we were reading the Bible, and we knew that this stuff is done away with, and it's bondage, you right. know? And so it's, it's not until I experienced the Sabbath for myself right. that I really started to it's understand. Powerful. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Some, something's off here. You're right. This, this, like, the, the very verses that were used— to try to negate the Sabbath, like right. the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Right. We're beginning to light up as if like, wait a second, God made the Sabbath for me. Right. It's a whole different way to look at it right. than I don't have to keep the Sabbath because it was made for man, not man for the he Sabbath. he knows what's you know? best for
2: us. He does. And that's the cool thing, you know, as as we, what's, we, we're highlighting cool things in this, you know, and some of these things maybe you didn't even know. There was no rain but a mist in Genesis chapter 2. Verses five and six, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Uh, but there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. You know, it's like you know, like we're, we're liking to like do. We're there, then the sun comes out, and psst, we're gone. Yeah, we're like the dew. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's just such a reminder. And as we get into the, uh, the dust in the garden, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 7-9, through nine, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. He's alive! And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Okay, so here's the first intimate verse. God breathed into the nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God breathed into his nostrils. He had to put his mouth on him. Yeah. That's powerful, you know, when you think about it. Sure. CPR, you know. And uh, it's just something to think about. Well,
1: everything else comes from nothing, but we come from the dirt. You ever think about that? It's
2: interesting how God just takes the clay and and makes pots and makes us we're like earthen vessels. And out of the gar- uh, ground, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he gets these two trees along with the other, um, you know, trees that you can eat from, the, the the fruit. So we have this tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil actually in the garden of Eden in yeah. the center. And, of course, in Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 10, we have a river. And the river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Now we can go into a lot of things, but we're behind the eight ball here in time. But I'll say this, though, uh, I personally believe in studying uh, the Garden of Eden, the dimensions, the description, and also in regards to the promised land. I personally believe that Jerusalem is the Garden of Eden. Right. What makes perfect sense because whatever once was will be again. So if Jerusalem was the center in the Garden of Eden and all this stuff happened, he brings the theater to Jerusalem.
1: Yeah, and an additional resource for that is Lars and Arson's book, "The Joy of the Whole Earth." He has a couple right. chapters in there that do a great job of explaining the specifics right. of that. So,
2: and uh, there's a number of resources out there that we've even shared with our congregation in regards to that. Makes perfect sense. Uh, so we move on here, gentlemen. Listen up closely, gentlemen. Adam was given three responsibilities in Genesis chapter one and verse twenty-eight. And then in Genesis chapter two, verse 15, these are the three things that every man needs to understand. Adam was given three responsibilities. Uh, Number one, dress the garden, means to provide. We're providers, just like God is a provider. We need to provide for our families. Uh, Number two, keep the garden, means to protect it. Number three, to have dominion. So these are three responsibilities for each man. This is what a, 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 a woman is looking for in a man. They want to be provided for protected and to have dominion you know in the times in which we live uh we need men more now than ever so i'm gonna i'm gonna turn it over to ryan as we get into good and evil in genesis 2:17, and then we'll we'll talk about that and then that's just like the little intro and then we're gonna get into the help meet and all that so i'm yeah. gonna let ryan go into this it
1: is interesting that this comes right before the help meet uh i think it's set yeah. setup. You know, we know about that. We do. We know all about it. So it says here in verse 17 of chapter two, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, the very next verse. And that's a judgment. That is absolutely judgment. So the very next verse just just is that. And the Lord said, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So I found that interesting. That, boom, right there. And then we know what happens, right? She's the one that gets tempted. She brings him into it. she says, then I will make him a help me for the A help The me. whole fall of man. So, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Pastor Nick has probably given the best explanation for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that I've ever heard. And that is basically this. That Don't go into it yet. No? Save it. Okay, I'll save it. But
2: I'm going to let you go into it. Okay. Because oh. I, I, I want you to I'll see if you're a good disciple. Oh, man, listen. Ryan's going to be a good disciple when it comes to that because I've said it so many times. I want to hear.
1: What do they say? A good rabbi repeats himself? <laughs> that's
2: right. That's right. Yeah. So get into the whole help me thing because you made a good point that, you know, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because if you do, you're going to die. Yes. I mean, that's a judgment. There's no like, ah, you'll be in purgatory. You're going to feel sick. Right. You're going to get upset stomach. No. You're going to die. Yeah. If you eat from that tree, you will die.
1: And it does. And, and here's what it says. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Now, check this out. Uh, he makes the helpmeet. And it says here, um, I just lost my train of thought. But it says that it will not be good for him to be alone. And this creates basically like the, hey, the the other piece of him, right? So there's another piece that comes out of his side, right? He pulls it out, puts him under the sleep." Let's read verse 19, because I think that's going to take us where we want to go. It says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So he's naming all of the animals, right? God gives him the helpmeet. And what does he say? His name is man, right? But he says, whoa, man, what have I done? That's right. Right? Right. Because that's... that's, Adam means the man. That's what we say when we see... the When we see the woman, we say, whoa, man. man."
2: The man. Whoa, man. Adam means the man. Whoa. He
1: was the man. He was. So No competition. And then verses 20 through 25, it says, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And then in verse 22. Yeah, and keep reading, it's yep, good. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Awesome. So a couple things here. First and foremost is God is creating the picture of marriage. He's showing you that marriage is a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, a man and his helpmeet right? So the woman was taken out of man to help man, whether it's to protect And that's what Paul actually him. says. The
2: woman was created to be a helpmate to help the man. Oh, absolutely. And
1: yeah. when you get into the Hebrew about the name of the woman and things like that, she is a protector of the man. Like her job as a helpmate right. is not just to cook him dinner. No, it's and not, to not have about his it, being a royal subject. No, no, that. no. Her job was to, to keep an eye out to help Protect him, right, and to show him, you know, where help some him with his responsibilities. stone stones, but I exactly. take right.
2: his responsibilities. Right. Well, it kind of goes back to the example of a king and a queen. Each one knows their role. Yeah. So from the rib means the king and the queen walk together. Yeah. The king is the king. The queen is the queen. They know their roles, but she's not going to usurp the king, and he's not going to belittle the queen. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I've been reading this book about. Uh, which was very interesting about Franklin Roosevelt and then Eleanor Roosevelt. And she was a big influence on his life. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, she was just there for him, supported him. And, and that's why he was, he was the president that he was during World War II. And, and, and most people don't even realize, you know, what a help she was and how she just supported him. And as a woman, she had a lot of, a lot of sway. She yeah. had a lot of, uh, I want to say, um, what do you call it? Uh, Clout? Um, well, she had clout, but influence. she had influence, yes. you know, because like there was this division between men and women and different things. And so she, she actually would get the women and rally them and, and, and give them everything that Franklin would be given to the masses or to the men. She would give to the women and she represented the women. But once again, you know, it, it's a king and a queen and each one knows their role. I'll tell
1: you this to the men, right? So this is a learned trait for me, but listening to my wife has always been a good idea for me. I'll tell you, there have been many, many times where in my flesh and through my logic and reason that my wife will say something to me, like I'll give her an idea or I'll tell her something I'm going to do. And she'll right. Like, and she'll immediately just shut me down. I don't think that's a good idea. You shouldn't do that. Whatever. Right. And of course, in my mind, I've already talked myself into it. So there's just no right. stopping me. I'm You're a train on yeah. the tracks. You know, don't stand in front of Let's me, woman. Or I'll knock you off just like I did the last guy that got in my way. Right. And lo and behold, time and time again, she was right right and so if you are married to a woman who is born again and filled with the holy spirit then god has given her ability right to speak into your life in a manner and to
2: be in agreement
1: that is uh helpful to you and so right. you should take her her influence into account right? that's you true should allow her to be an influence that's
2: good you know um so what happens now we're going to get into a third party the serpent genesis chapter 3 verse 1 now the like serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So he's challenging God through Eve, saying, Oh, you can eat from all the trees, but this one? Oh, is God God's holding out on you. Yeah. See, he does not want you to eat from this tree. Because no, no, oh, no. if you eat from this tree, this is what you're gonna get. So he kinda turns the tables a little bit. And the simple instruction was, don't eat from the tree or you're going to die.
1: <laughs>
2: there's no addendum. There's no summary.
1: It's well, just, it says don't in a day that you eat of it,
2: right? You will die.
1: As a day is a thousand right. years and a thousand years is one day. Right. Have you ever noticed that no person has ever lived past a thousand years?
2: Nobody's lived past a thousand years. So here are Satan's three lies to Eve or even to mankind today that we need to look at. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, number one, he says to her, you will not die. You're going to have immortality. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, I don't think so. He says you're going to die. So when, when God is a righteous judge and he declares things, you better believe it. So number two, your eyes shall be opened. You're going to have enlightenment. You're going to have knowledge. Yeah. You eat from the street, you're not going to die. You're going to be Miss Smarty Pants.
1: You're going to be Mr. Britannica. So smart. Which is Gnosticism, right? It's the worship of knowledge. So, oh, you're going to have so much more knowledge. Which is an issue within the Hebrew roots
2: today. Oh, my goodness. And last but not least, number three, you shall be as gods knowing good and evil. Boy, that is just terrible. So think about it, everybody. Now, we're going to develop this because we're going to break it down for you. Uh, Genesis 3, 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now once again, pleasant to the eyes, oh, a tree to be desired, and to make one wise. What does this end up becoming? The temptation of Eve or even mankind today for all of us, even Ryan and I sitting at this table. Number one, it's the lust of the eyes. Number two, it's the lust of the flesh. Number three, it is the pride of life. So in First John chapter 2, verse 16, uh, John is going to reiterate this, the beloved apostle of Yeshua. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's it breaks right. it down. It just breaks it down. So once again, uh, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. 1 John two sixteen. So this world is just full of the flesh, you know, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. So a pattern not to follow. Number one, lust of the eyes. The eyes are never satisfied. Proverbs twenty seven twenty. It's interesting too. It, it says in Judges, they... Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. So the eyes are never satisfied. That's why you can, as men, we can click through all the stations with cable or whatever. We can just go, <laughs> do, do, do. a commercial comes on. Oh, what's over on this station? Yeah. Let's go over here. Uh, even a traffic accident, we're just gawking and, and, and looking, you know, and, and the eyes are never satisfied. You know, they say curiosity killed the cat. Oh yeah. So once again, the eyes are never satisfied. Number two, lust of the flesh. Uh you can find this in Galatians chapter five, verses nineteen through twenty-one. Seventeen works of the flesh. Think about seventeen enemies at the foot of your bed waiting for you to wake up. Yep. And and I'm not I don't have time to get into it. Some translations have only fifteen, but there are seventeen. And we need to take every one of them seriously because uh we're supposed to crucify our flesh daily. Yeah. You know, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Oh yeah. Uh, number three, the pride of life, uh, your position in life, you're boasting or a braggart. So these are patterns not to follow. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. This is how our life is, and so we have to be cleansed, and, and we have to do things and do mikvahs, you know, and all these things, you know, and hand washings and prayers, just to help us to get out of this, you know, unclean world. So, so here's the quote, uh, just so you understand the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is when a person decides what is good and what is evil instead of God. That's right. So I want to point, point out an example here. Like the Supreme Court justices said, a marriage can be between anybody, any same sex or whatever. Right. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because see, that's not what God has established. Right. He said a marriage is between a man and a woman. Now you can call it civil unions, you can call it whatever you want, but the definition of a marriage is defined by God as between a man and a woman. You can't redefine something God has defined, everybody. So just think about that. Right. As we as we delve into this.
1: Well, and that's a basic. So, it's a basic definition, right? Because we already know what the definition of marriage right. is. It's been the same definition for thousands of years. Right. And so when somebody comes and says that they want to be married to somebody of the same sex, they don't actually want to be married because that's not what marriage is. So if they say, well, I'm being discriminated against. Well, you're not actually being discriminated against because you're more than welcome to get married should you choose to do so. Right. The question is, what is the state or the government's role and what interest in the benefits of marriage?
2: Just like abortion, the shedding of innocent blood. Right. You're eating for the tree of the knowledge. Of good oh, it God, it brings horrible. death. Yeah. and we, we don't have time to get into all that. So, so God's judgment comes down in Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 through 24. God's judgment comes down. First, he judges the serpent. Then he judges Eve. Then he judges Adam. And time does it permit us to break it all down. But that's actually how he meets his judgment. The serpent. Eve, and then Adam. And you can go back and read that for yourself.
1: You said it last uh, night. The woman
2: gets it worse than the man. She really does. Yep. It, it's a tough road. It really is. Uh, Adam knew better. Sin comes in through Adam. Remember that, everybody. Well, it was jump all over Eve, but Adam was right there. Yeah, well, he's He should have took that old sneaky snake and beat him up against a tree and thrown him out of there. Uh, moving into Genesis 3.15, we have the first messianic prophecy. Uh, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his Heel now we're going to take the scripture literally the woman has seed and the man has seed. We, we know right here but also keep in mind it says right here and Put enmity between thee and the woman. So what what's the enmity? It's between Satan and the woman so thy seed and her seed so Satan has
1: seed okay now, well, And a how, woman has seed, because normally, traditionally, we would say that women don't have seed, right? Right,
2: but it's interesting that she carries the man's seed. Absolutely. You know, she has seed, that's, that's where the seed goes. But I'm saying that uh, the mystery is this whole seed of Satan, you know? And I know there's a lot of different takes on it, but I like to take it literally. Uh, I believe Satan has children, sure. uh, even those that are disobedient. What did Yeshua say to some of those Jewish leaders? Uh, he was saying things like, your father... Satan, the, right, right, your father, the devil, yeah. and he's a liar and everything, right? Uh, and of course, in uh, as we go into Genesis three nineteen, in, in regards to the dust, he says, "In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return." That's a principle that we were made from the dirt, and so when we die, we're buried. You know, burial is actually in the Bible. There's a lot of controversy over cremation, and I'm not going to get into that, but to be buried is biblical, but the bottom line is that you would take a handful of dirt at a funeral or at the graveside, and you would throw the dirt in in the hole to remind you into the dust you shall return. Uh, And then of course, because of this uh, in Genesis 321, it says unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God, make coats of skins and clothe them. Here's a great principle of spiritual law uh, I'm going to have Ryan read Leviticus 17:11. 11. Uh, it's in regards to the, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. So, so they did something wrong. They covered themselves with fig leaves. And they thought, oh, we're okay. We were, we're naked now. We're, sh- we're full of shame. We're going to cover ourselves with fig leaves. And God's like, no, 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 I'm going to give you coats of skin. So let's check out Leviticus 17:11. It
1: says here, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul.
2: Wow. So we're not going to get into all that, but here's a spiritual law without the shedding of blood. There's
1: no remission of sins. There's
2: no remission of sins. It's a bloody gospel. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. So here we have a situation where now they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's going to be death, sickness, disease, coronavirus. But in Genesis 3, 24, it says, So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So directly east of Jerusalem is Babylon. So here we have a very interesting observation that t- to the to the right, or actually to the west, would be the Mediterranean and everything. But here we have, if we if we have Jerusalem as the Garden of Eden, uh, there's only really one way out is to the east, and that's exactly what we see. Uh, and after this, we have of course uh, Cain and Abel. I'm gonna turn it over to Ryan. Yep. Uh, we're gonna get
1: cooking here. We're well we're going to read verse 1 first and we're going to start with that. It says, "In Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord." Now, this is interesting because there's a lot of firsts when it comes to Adam and Eve. That right. no one has ever been born. They've never experienced this. Now, we know that one of the the curses that we were referring to earlier where right. Satan got cursed, the woman got cursed that, in, that she'll have pain in childbirth. So, the idea here, though, I've heard it said that because of the the seed of the man and the seed of the woman, there's an idea that there was some immorality that happened. Some kind of sexual immorality. With something Satan yeah. and the woman and right. Adam or whatever. Some hanky-panky or something. But it would be very convenient for us, the humans who have the human heart, for right. Cain to be the seed of Satan. Right. That'd be real nice. It would Unfortunately, be. right here in chapter 4, verse 1, it right. says, Adam knew Eve, his wife and she conceived That's right. and bare Cain. That's good. So f- for us, we have to know that we all have the ability to get angry and commit murder. Right. It's, all, it's inside the human heart from the first child born That's to true. Adam and Eve. So let's re- read some more. Verse 2 says, And she began, or, I'm sorry, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, at the end of days, It came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, and that, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Wow. Famous words, right? So we look at this, and this is the first murder that occurs in the Bible, and it happens in the second generation to be on the earth, right? But here's what's interesting. Um, You know, God, later on, we see that he protects Cain, and I've always wondered that. And I saw uh, Rabbi Ari Abramowitz speaking, uh, I think it was to Josh Waller. They were going up to the wall. I forget what holiday this was for. Um, And he says, hey, uh, that Abel is or Cain is there, and he kills his brother Abel, but he's never seen death before. So right. he doesn't actually know what's going to happen. That's so true. So he sits there for three days, shaking him like, Abel, wake up, Abel, wake up, right. Abel. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, because he doesn't know. Right. And so, with this in mind, we today understand the consequences for our actions. Right. We are even more accountable than Cain. That's right, capital punishment. That's right. But Cain was protected for this, for this reason. But it, was Yeshua who said that it's not the murder, the act of murder, that's necessary. I mean, it is a sin to murder, right? But it's not the act of murder, right? It's it's that if you harbor hate in your heart for your brother, you've already committed the murder. The murder in your because heart. Because where does the murder come right. from? It comes from that And what interest.
2: does it say? Abel's blood cries out. It does. So there's two different, you know, temperaments here. There's, there's Cain and Abel, and we know that... Uh, Abel had sheep, and, and Cain was a tiller of the ground, and so it, it says in verse three of Genesis four. And in the process of time, in the Hebrew, that the connotation is at the end of days. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a concept here of procrastination. Yeah. That he dragged his feet. So while it was in his hands to give or power to give, he he waited. He procrastinated in his giving. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. It g- kind of goes along with the ten virgins, and five had oil and five didn't. Right. They procrastinated. They should have oil in their own lamps. And so what do they want to do? Give me some of your oil. Yeah, no, and no, it no. doesn't work like it that. Doesn't. So it's just something to think about. Uh, oil and oil. also, you know, it was brought out in our Torah study last night that you know Cain would probably have to go to Abel, who's the younger brother, and say, "Can I have one of your sheeps for an offering?" Yeah. You know, it was even brought up. Was this a burnt offering, totally consumed? Mm, interesting. Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, perhaps. So, you know, I don't think it was that he was going to offer up some asparagus or some strawberries or, or onions or something, you know? Yeah. Hey Lord, here you go. You know, remember <laughs> we're vegetarians. Right. So if you think about it, uh, if they were going to offer this up, it would have to be a burnt offering because they wouldn't need it. Right. But that was a good, that was Matthew Sprunt. Yeah. That up. Okay. About, Hey, that had to have been a burnt offering because they didn't eat meat.
1: Uh ah. couldn't be a peace offering. Yeah.
2: So something was offered up. Yeah. Because the coats of skins set a precedent of a spiritual law. Right. And Abel was taught that. And so he would offered up one of these animals because Adam and Eve had already sinned. Mom and dad already showed them. Here are our sins. This is how you remedy it. Interesting
1: because it's not till later that God I says know, you can eat meat. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: interesting. So let's get into Genesis 4.25. And Seth and Adam knew his wife again. And she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. You know, we really kind of beat up Cain all the time. But the bottom line is God allowed him to live. Now, do we say grace and mercy? Of course. Yeah, of course. But but he probably, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for tooth, you know, the restitution needed to be made. But as we uh, conclude this this part of Adam's family record in Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 through 32, we have, of course, Adam's family record, 10 Ten gentlemen here, ten men. Number one is Adam. His name means man. Uh, Seth, whose name means replaced. Enos means mortal, which is number three. Number four is Canaan, or uh, that name means sorrow. Number five is Maha Lalil, God the Blessed One. Uh, this is once again Adam's family record. Number six is Jared, uh, shall come down. Number seven is Enoch, which is teaching. And Methuselah is his death shall bring. Number eight. Number nine is Lamech the despairing, and then, of course, we have Noah, which means rest. So I got this from Perry Stone. This is public records. You can look this up. Uh, The ten names actually tell us a story, and this is what it tells us, which is really, really cool. It's man replaced with mortal sorrow. God, the blessed one, shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing rest. Hallelujah. Well, we found Yeshua in there, you know. Uh, especially when it came to enmity between the seeds about crushing the head of Satan, bruising his heel. You know, that prophecy was actually fulfilled. They put nails in his heels. He literally had bruised heels in that prophecy. Yeah. And Satan always wants to be the head. He always wants to be in charge and he's not, he's not, he's, he's not the head. Yeshua is the head and we're the body. Right. So uh, I'm going to let Ryan finish this Torah portion up. We're going to get into Enoch and Noah and, evil rules over mankind and
1: giants. And we're going to close it out yeah. with that. So and we're just going to go over this because, yeah, because I'll tell you what. we'll build up on it next week. Right. Because we have next week to do Noah. Yeah. And we could spend a whole other podcast just in these first- So I'm going verses. to have you read
2: the scriptures. All
1: right. So here's what it says. It says, And Enoch uh, walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And this is Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Now, there's a whole book of Enoch. Actually, there's three books of Enoch. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in them. But Enoch is referenced here. And it's almost as if he was raptured. Right, The first was, rapture. He was taken up.
2: We believe the catching away, but it's all timing, isn't it? Right.
1: But the, here's the point. This is what's different about Yeshua and Enoch. He, Enoch didn't die. He's one of the alive and remain. That's right. Right? So then Noah says, And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, from Shem, Ham, and Japheth later on we know come the rest of the world. That's right. right. And so evil ends up ruling over mankind. We start in chapter 6 of Genesis. And it says this, I'm going to read verses... Public uh, reading of scriptures. 1 through 8, okay? Hit it. it. says, And it came to pass, when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord.
2: Man. Some people say that that's uh, Noah's wife. (laughs) Grace? Yeah, he found grace.
1: That word is chen, right? Which is an awesome Hebrew word which we can and go see, into. there's grace in the Old Testament. Right, absolutely. The age of grace. And and you know what? This is also where we get the Nephilim, the, the sons of God and the daughters that's of men. right. They're saying that this is the fallen angels at this point coming down. And so there's a lot of things that we could read into this. I think that we'll push most of that to next week.
2: Yeah, we'll push that to next week. You know, we, we don't personally believe it's the line of Seth or anything like that. But I think right. there's something going on there that's, that's evil. Right that actually can be, you know, let, let Scripture interpret Scripture. Well, there's
1: we'll, we'll, certainly we'll, something outside of the norm. We'll,
2: we'll bring some of that out just, just for, for reflection and what what our thoughts are because, you know, we, we already discussed in Genesis 3.15 that Satan has seed. Right. And so we got to kind of build on that and, and build a case because we wonder why things are happening in the world like they are. It's not just bad behavior. Yeah. And even in the book of Enoch, it's fascinating to read and just, you know, take it in stride but uh the book of Enoch is very fascinating because it kind of goes into a little more great detail right about what evil has actually done of these fallen angels and what they've actually taught mankind which is more harm than good
1: yeah absolutely and uh and I'll tell you what there's there's a lot of interesting things and it's it's one of those things where like you put a pen in it and you say well that's an interesting theory right this is interesting right. stuff you just can't base your whole you know, no, life it's on. about having a discussion. Exactly right. And, and, and you know, breaking the scriptures out and seeing, you know, what it says and taking it literally like we we tried to do. I mean, and when in doubt, take it literally, literally when you can't take it literarily. <laughs> right. So, man, I'll tell you what, this is this is the first podcast we've done for this season. Uh, it's Genesis 1-1. And I, I
2: think we should you should close this out in a nice prayer. We
1: should. And I'll tell and you just what.
2: Lift up our listeners sons and daughters of God in times in which we live, (sighs) that we fear God, we hear his voice, we obey. uh, And that's that's just so important. So, Ryan, you can
1: we side with God. And we're going to also I'm going to play a song after this uh, by Larry Miller. So after we pray us out, um, I want you guys to hear a song. Uh, I don't know that he wrote this particular one. I believe this song. um, I believe he did. He did write this song. Yes. I mean, where are you? Adam, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though. We're going to play it after this. It's so good. It is a very heart-touching song. And And a shout-out
2: to the Miller family, Connie Miller.
1: Yep. She's a widow. Yep. Larry just recently passed Uh, away. He passed
2: away, but his music is a
1: legacy. Yeah, and may his memory be a blessing. Father God, we thank you so much. We just, we're starting in faith a a new journey of, of... you know, putting the podcast out in other ways and and preaching your word and teaching your word. And so God, we want to learn from you. We want your Holy Spirit. We want you here with us. Uh, we thank you that in the beginning you created it all and that the result of it is that you created us and that you knew us before you created everything. And so we're just so thankful for that. We're thankful that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, we declare. And so Father, we bless you Uh, and we just hope that you receive the worship and honor of our study and of our our preaching and the words that come of our mouth. May they be your words and not our own. We just love you and we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, enjoy this song by Larry Miller, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.
0: feelings Time with a companion when the day is done Though I knew it would happen It hurts to have us drawn apart Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? It's only me, Adam.